Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the third episode of Milan that is truly on fire. And uh, today we will be talking about the last season before the international break against Atalanta. I will talk about the overview and uh, tactical analysis of the game, and we'll discuss um, the new contract for Pioli, some news about the contract extensions for Manioli. What are the pros and cons of this? And uh, also we'll touch uh, Messiah's debut and certain future for Cassier and a few a few good uh, presents in the international break for the national teams of Milan players. And we'll end up with the start of the season, uh, the results of the start of the season and tops and flops. And uh, good evening, everyone. Today is Andre with me. Andre, good good day. Good evening, good evening, Alan. Yeah, good, a good day for me. Good evening for you. That's right. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Uh, well, actually, a little bit boring because of the international break. I hate them. I don't understand why you do. We have to pause all this uh, club competitions and uh, for this uh, stupid European international, like uh, I don't know, as in uh, uh, nation league. Which is totally useless, I guess. It should be friendly. So there are too many tournaments. I, well, actually, for me, I'm a bit confused which games are now playing because Italy played uh, Nations League, whatever you call it, uh, UEFA Nations League international teams. Then it comes to qualification for the World Cup. Then it comes again. It's a bit confusing. I, I think it should be stopped. But anyway, we have. How many? We have one and a half. We have almost two weeks of a free time. Lots of things to be discussed. And here we are starting. And that's right. And that's kind of a logical pause for Milan's games. And it actually creates a good platform for us to discuss what, were, what, what was the start of the season for Milan. But let's just start with the recent game against Atalanta. And um, it was good to see that Milan won in uh, this game. Up straight after Ibrahimovic's birthday, the 40 years old birthday, and after uh, that gathering that was organized by Ibra with a beautiful gesture, so Zlatan decided to invite all the personnel in Milan, you know, training coaches from Youth Academy, cooks, administrative folks, and that's something that makes Milan a special place. That's something that makes Milan different compared to Atalanta, that is more a club that is trying to compete with the best and sell their players for for high fee. And <clears throat> it was like it is actually great to end the start of the season this game against Atalanta, that kind of Atalanta that beat us and Caduzas Milan, that kind of Atalanta that was yeah, we had a nightmare with uh zero being down zero five. Um and now we can see that Milan started this season. It's the best start of the season um, from 2003-2004. Um, what do you think about this game, uh, Andre? Uh, the game is good. Uh, the game, one of the games it's I really enjoyed. Uh, well, it's not easy to perform against Atalanta, especially uh, if it's a away game for you. But I know, despite this, like like a narrow win, the score is three two. 
to Milan, actually the game should end up three nothing because uh, we'll talk about this later. But I think the two referee mistakes uh, actually gave Atalanta a chance to equalize, but we are lucky that. Uh, it was almost at the game, and the end of the game. It was not so much time left, so they couldn't push for the third, third goal. Um, but the game was very good. We dominated. I mean, <clears throat> tactically, we tactically dominated. It didn't come out from the game that we had dominated. Uh, we, we scored an early goal within 28 seconds, you know, which is brilliant, and as scored by Calabria, the right defender, which is also brilliant. Um, there are some tacticals, I guess, some tacticals, uh, preparations, you know, not for this game, but generally, which uh, allow different players to score, you know, it's just uh, Calabria made unmarked. I think a few defenders, a few players from Atalanta expected the right defender to come to the penalty area, you know, and receive the pass and score the ball. Um, then it was perfect Tonali, uh, simply perfect Tonali. The guy really exceeding all expectations, you know. Uh, I mean, we all expected that he will come up with his performance and he will get better, but you know, it's a not <laughs> like that, right? Change, yeah, not like that. You know, he's one of the best players in uh, Syria right right now, and probably the best midfielder. Uh, which is a pleasure, a pleasure actually to watch as a Milan fan. Fantastic, he's really good. And uh, and then it came to performance by Leao. I mean, not a performance, but you know, this like quite unusual situation. And uh, we will talk about it later about Messias, how he did. He did good, uh, and Leao just scored a really beautiful goal in the top corner. Atalanta. Well, I will ask you about Atalanta. How well we know we know Atalanta. We know this team of Bergamo. And uh, do you think that they are coming down from the hill of their performance? That Atalanta is actually Gasparini's Atalanta coming to the sunset. I don't know. It's really hard to say because usually Atalanta doesn't start a season impressively. So they always have some problems in the beginning and. Usually they uh, peak, both physically and, and mentally. It comes in the start of the second half. So I, I guess we will see that Kasperini's Atalanta as a goal-scoring machine later in the season. And I think that they have enough quality and enough really good players that were bright during that year, that past. So I do still believe in Atalanta. And even this game against Milan, they played quite all right, actually. Um, despite this uh, goal from Nassim from, from Calabria and goal from Tonali that actually destroyed the advance, they played decently the first half, actually. And I think that, yeah, I agree with you that I think that the main key is Pioli's tactic. Pioli tactically overplayed Gasperini, and that's how I see this game. Is that um, the first goal, as you mentioned from Calabria, he was. That, that goal was just an excellent swift interchanges of positions. And Calambria and Teo Hernandez, they went on full speed uh, towards the goal, uh, whilst Tonali and Kessier stayed in their positions, in, in the positions of Calabria and Teo back, 
saving from potential counterattacks. And that was just uh, too dynamic for Atalanta. And we, we know that uh, Gasperini's system is a famous man-marking all, all over the pitch system. And so that was the fatal mistake in this game because they were man-marking Tonali and Kessier and they completely forgot about two defenders, Calabria and uh, Hernandez. If we're talking about the second goal, Tonali was pressing too high and so it was a surprise for Remo Froehler who couldn't expect Tonali to be that you know, brave and cocky um, to get the ball. In, in in the kind of like last line of defense of Atalanta. So I guess tactically it was an excellent display from Milan, but um, strategically and physically Atalanta was all right. What do you think about it? Mm, honestly, the second goal kind of came from a personal mistake. I think it was, well, it's good for Tonali. He came to press high, but mm-hmm. I think it was personal mistake by Frode. This this goal shouldn't happen if he wouldn't make such a terrible mistake for Atalanta. Well, it's good for us, you know, that you know, it came to 2-0. And the finishing was from Tonali was good. Oh, well, he it's, it's such a confident in reminding me a couple of goals of uh, Sheva, which he also liked to uh, shut the ball, you know, you know in the nearest corner. Um, but, you know... What I saw personally myself, what I saw is a good takeaway from the Champions League. It's we are finally growing. You know, we last season we uh, actually uh, talked a, a bit, a bit, a lot, a lots of talks about that um, Milan's still a young team that they're not experienced. You know that the uh, they can't play under the pressure. And those five zeros from Epioli, okay, it was the early Epioli. Uh, the, the the confidence which he built later didn't exist those days. It was Pioli actually considered five goals from Atalanta on the same stadium. Um, but I saw the growth of the team mentally. Uh, it came from games against Liverpool and came from games from Atletico Madrid, I think, because we believed, we believed in ourselves, you know, the players believed in themselves uh, that we can contain under the pressure, we can protect the score sheet. Uh, well, not obviously when you're one man down, as happened against Atletico Madrid, but when 11 on 11 and against Atalanta, which is much more familiar, and they have uh, less famous players, as for example, Atletico Madrid did, I think we believe what can we do. And when we scored the first goal, we didn't sit down that much, you know, just kicking the ball, ball out from our from our half to opposition area. No, we tried to save uh, to save the possession. We tried to move the ball nicely and logically, you know. And we, this is good. And uh, there was no panic. Well, uh, there were not so much uh, situations to be in panic, not like Liverpool, for example, was pressing the, the first 20 minutes or 25 minutes of the game. We were really in panic there. But that was a good lesson and a really good that we we understood this lesson. And I think that the team, uh, the, all the players themselves, they will not repeat their mistake in the near future, in the far future as well. And this is what the, 
I think this is the key takeaway from this game. We continue, we continue to, to I know to follow our tactical plan, which was good. But Atalanta tried surely to destroy it, but we continued, and this is the most important. And as a tactical display, uh, it, it was actually a bit hard to to follow because there was lots of movements in different positions. It was too dynamic. A midfielder could appear in the defense. A defender could appear in the attack. Then we could see Rebic coming all the way. We could see Liao being on the right side and Salemakers being on the left side of the pitch. And it actually was a controlled chaos in Pioli system. So it's a big bravo to our guys who were tactically trained fighters in this game. That's another another really, really good appraisal to Pioli, is that he managed to build that team full of tactically trained fighters. And, you know, Rebic and even Liao is playing that role, despite his, you know, his off-the-pitch off lazy kind of actions that sometimes are annoying to watch. But this season, he is blustering. Yeah, he's doing really great. And... um. Yeah, I think I think that that was a really good a good game. And but if we are looking at statistics a little bit, uh, despite the score was three uh, two, xG expected goals is, is saying that Milan had two point fifty one as expected goal, and Atalanta was two point sixty three, which is beating Milan. That was not exactly how I saw the course of the game. And if, if we decompose that into a separate actions. First of all, there was a penalty, right? The penalty is a penalty. Yes. And it's, I guess it's zero, 0. 0.8 when, yeah. it, when it comes to XG statistics. Mm -hmm. It's 0. 0.8, so right away you get almost one. That, that's exactly okay. right. And if we're looking at non-penalty XG, that would be lower for Atlanta. Another thing is the, the second goal that they scored, I do think that there was definitely a fault on um, Messias, and so that goal shouldn't be allowed. The goal from Pashalic, but and that goal was uh, contributed to contributing to 0 0.52 of xg. If we take that out and if we look at just non penalty uh, expected goal, then it'll show 1.35 for Atalanta against 2.51 for AC Milan, which is twice as much. And that's exactly how I saw the game. Well, yeah, uh, they got some chances. Uh, definitely they did. Uh, in the first half. Uh, what I also liked in this game, how we actually marked Malinowski. Because this guy is really dangerous. And uh, it was good that Tonali, Tonali himself, which... Actually, he's physically weaker than Malinowski, and he, he was able to mark him, mark him tightly. Malinowski didn't get that space. Well, overall, I'm just repeating, we played good tactically. Uh, we came to the amount. Uh, last year, the last the last match day of Serie A, when we won 2-0, we came this on this score sheet by two penalties scored by Cassie, as you remember. We actually sat on a low block. And we, um, how to say, we all proved on the counter attack. Uh, though that game reminded me 
that when we are lucky to score the first goal from the penalty, we actually didn't want it to control the ball. And we are, we are, sometimes we give the ball to Atalanta and continue to press in a, and to fire down with chances in the counter-attack, uh, which is definitely not what happened uh, this game because we only we scored the second goal from the counter-attack. Let's say this, and the, the first two, the first and the third, we are... We scored on a on a, on a well prepared you know the attacks. I mean, uh, there was not counter attacking football much, um, but still, still, uh, I think there is a there is a how to say there is a, a way for the for our team to grow, and this is the concentration until the ninety minute in a ninety minute because the second goal by Atalanta doesn't matter i mean it matters surely that it was a foul uh, from Zapata on messias but on, honestly there was not that that big foul that referee should stop the game uh, well maybe he didn't see and the war didn't uh suggested him to come and review and maybe disallow the goal but the thing is it it started from the terrible mistake by Rebic. Just, uh, well, a terrible mistake. He 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 gave the, the wrong pass on a three meter. The Cassie was three meter away from him, and uh, Rebic just made an awful pass. And now, uh, well, Atalanta started their, their counter attack and scored the second goal. This is the key. We should keep the concentration until the last second of the match. Doesn't matter what you are leading three to one in a, or three zero. Everything can change. Rapidly, especially when it's it when you play against Atalanta. When when those get when those guys Atalanta guys, you know, those guys from Bergamo, they uh, when they're catching their enthusiasm, they can equalize, you know, within even three four minutes. And this has been proved for many many times for many times not many times many many times for many times in Syria are when they equalized, you know, being two two goals down. Three goals down, I don't remember, but there were two goals down in yeah, a late right. stage of the game. They equalized. Yeah. So uh, you should be careful about this one because you can be against Porto the next Champions League game. You can be you can uh, take a lead and the Porto is also the, the good team. Doesn't matter that they lost to Liverpool. They played good against uh, Atletico Madrid and they can punish them for you for this one. This is a, a still way to grow, you know. Well, that's all I can say. Yeah, that's right. But just to be fair, uh, I think that Rebic had a phenomenally good game and he, he, he was working all over the pitch and winning lots of balls, recovered lots of them and were creating chances. So I actually really like his game. I agree, I agree with you that that was a mistake we could avoid. But at the same time, he was just a bit tired um, and that probably was better for Pioli to change him before the yeah, like 10, 10 minutes before, right? That's all I keep saying. Rebic is our main striker. As for myself, I would now put Ibrahimovic and Giroud, well, actually they are backup strikers because they're injured. Uh, they struggle from the, uh, well, the injuries. It's a different story, but uh, I would give... Um, a time for our management to think, to rethink, and for Pioli himself to rethink 
So maybe we should look for the players like Rebic, you know, not that gifted in finishing the ball, not that gifted in passing, but providing a constant pressure and being uh, everywhere on the field. You can see him on the right, uh, left flank, then it comes on the right, and comes in the center, playing a center forward, battling for uh, for the balls, you know, for the aerial duels, you know, sometimes successfully, sometimes not. But I think this this kind of player we need. And uh, the latest rumors uh, talking about Belotti. Yes, Andre. Coming to me, you just find a striker, and uh, straight away, who I can see in my mind is Andre Belotti. <laughs> yeah, just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would, uh, uh, as I say, and I repeat, uh, I would bring back Cotroni, just for this reason. Uh, he's less gifted in finishing within Rebic. Not much less, you know, but okay, less we can say that. But he really he has two hearts sometimes. He gives all himself when he's on the pitch. He gives himself to the team. And this is what uh, presently we really need from our single striker. Because, you see, we have players to score. We have other players to score. We have Leao, we have, uh, we have Hernandez. Who can comes to the opposition area? Who can comes to the penalty box? You know and score the goal like a striker. We have solo makers, which occasionally can can be good and finish it. We have Diaz, so we have um, we, even we don't depend on you know, <laughs> Calabria, yeah, even Tonali, I think, you know, and and Benesse and Cassie. So we have players. We have players who can. I'll finish. He can provide a good strike, you know, the ball outside the penalty box, you know, probably more for Benesset, Tonali and Cassie, or inside the penalty area. Even Hernandez can do this, you know, Leao can do this, as we saw. So this is a thing. Uh, this is we have a perfect balance of the player that we do, of the players who can do multiple jobs on the pitch. And for this reason, I think we are not so in need of the pure finisher like a poacher you know like a poacher or the the mix of the poacher and and target man you know if coming to the roles now for the strikers because uh this is not matching the piola system i think and yeah. we should look for the players which are matching i i don't think Giroud is matching because he can run you know he's 35 years old and he can yeah i I keep saying this one, Giroud is not fit for a similar. We were looking for the target man, you know, to play against the buses. Okay, good. But Ibrahimovic um, should be enough. I tend to agree with you, Andre, um, when, but with only one caveat, is when our team is physically fit, then we are requiring a, a striker who is constantly in pressure. But if we... So it just... For some moments in the last season, there were moments when AC Milan wasn't running that high and wasn't pressing, didn't have such kind of intensity. And these games, our real key was Zlatan Ibrahimovic and his his really amazing uh, ball holding ability and passing ability and ability to create chances chances out of nothing. And Giroud, he also has a kind of technical extra extraordinary technical ability and phenomenal passing ability. So I guess in those games, you know, standing games against really uh, harsh opponents that doesn't want to give a ball that much, we, we could use Giroud and Ibra. We'll, we'll see if that's going to 
play in this season, but I could see logic in from top management on getting Giroud uh, before the start of this season. We'll see. We'll see if um, that's going to happen or not. Um, unfortunately, I do. I am afraid that we will face that in the next two or three months because Milan can't play in that high intensity all the season. Well, if it comes to me, I would say give me two Rebic and one <laughs> Ibrahimovic, honestly. Yeah, I'm honest in this one. You know, definitely I would totally now substitute Judo with somebody like Rebic because if you're talking about intensity, yeah, we are most intensive pressing team in Syria, R, which comes by statistics. Really, we do. And um, for this, yeah, surely you need a, you need a good depth in the players but they should actually match the system uh okay we are talking about calorie game for example uh, the match day 30 what 37 okay which we uh, <coughs> finished the draw it was disappointing draw we were expected to win and secure the champions league spot uh but okay you know how it finished the uh, calorie just put all all the efforts in defense and they protected the score sheet it was zero zero, and we were talking about okay, we need a target man because Ibra was injured, as usual, um, and we uh, we were, were saying okay, we need a target man. We had Mandzukic, but okay, he was not in the form, in the shape. We couldn't uh, score the goal, but I think this is the wrong uh, idea just to bring uh, the target man to the squad. Give me more, give me more rebiches. <laughs> So That's uh, all I want. if we give you 11 rebiches, would you win the Champions League for us? Okay. Uh, once you remember Mourinho, when his coach in Chelsea, he said, give me 11 Aspilicuetes and I will win everything because uh, he, that guy can do everything. Uh, well, he, was, he is perfect for Chelsea and I think it was the second come of Mourinho and Chelsea. Yeah, surely. Uh, Aspilicueta, he came after. His or, first, uh, same, okay, if you put four Rebiches and Rebic himself, Liao position, Salad Maker's position and, and Diaz position, yeah, you can achieve a result. So then if we are talking about Pioli, then you could give him, what, 11 players that are ending with the surnames ending on IC, so each. And then we'll have Rebic, Krunic, and other <laughs> Ibrahimovic, and other eights, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Balkan players, and definitely we're gonna win something, something because that's part of the Pioli system. And so while we're talking about Pioli, um, so what I think about him? That's actually a really interesting and trending uh, topic nowadays. You know, these months, I'd say, is a new contract for Stefano Pioli, and. Uh, there are some talks for and against that, and interesting to see your where you stand on that. Okay, um, if you're talking about his probable extension of his contract, yeah, surely, uh, surely he deserves, you know, uh, definitely. I'm two hands up, you know, I'm totally agrees it. He he he's one of the key elements to our success right now that we are so that high, um, but 
as everything doesn't have 100% to be sure, this is, you know, this is the cons. Well, there are more pros, surely, but the cons are for how long are you going to keep Stefano Pioli and, uh, okay, where's his limit? Because every coach has his limit, you know, by the time, uh, by his ability to move the team up. So far, we've seen Milan good, but that can be two things that will make management think that it's time for Pioli to go. The first one, you know, for how long we're going to continue to play in, on this level? For instance, same like we see now, um, well, analog. Is uh, the we see now, for example, uh, Atletico Madrid. It looks like Simeone is done. Okay, uh, there's uh, the people that are talking. Despite they they won the uh, Spanish championship last year, uh, the many people, uh, many guys are talking that he is done. He doesn't. He cannot actually bring something new to the club to the team, and they're just now. Uh, playing whatever he did, you know, with him in the past. And uh, it looks like it needs some fresh blood, some fresh ideas. Yeah, they're floating uh, and, around, uh, the same, around the same area. And even Saul Niguez, who, who left Atletica, he, he, he said that, yeah, I came here in England to play football. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say something. Yeah. Well, yeah, because mm, you see, for example, uh, is Pioli capable to find a good but a new balance uh, when the players, when some uh, new players will come on, well, let's say, uh, what if Tio Hernandez will go? And looks like it will happen sooner or later because it looks like a big offer will come on a Milan stable in Kazan Milan sooner or later because he's playing really good and he scored the winning goal and uh, for, for his second appearance in the French international, which is good, which is great, and uh, it was a winning goal in the 90th minute, fantastic. So he gets more interest in his person as a player from uh, other teams. I don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be Paris Saint-Germain, maybe, or, well, I mean, top clubs. And those guys can pay a lot. And I think the offer for him will be much more interesting that we even can expect uh, maybe comes to 80 million, I think, something like that. And surely Milan will not disallow to sell him to top up the balance, to top up the cash. Um, and the thing, the second thing is, uh, if Hernandez, for example, is leaving, uh, it's very hard to find a replacement for him to find this, uh, another type of player like Teal, and uh, because he's quite unique in his position, he doesn't run on the flank. He comes to the opposition area. He's physically stronger than probably uh, most of left wing left defenders in all over the world. Surely, he's quite unique, and we take advantage of his play. You know, uh, and. Uh, is a, if there is nobody to substitute him in the same style of play, that's, that means that somebody different should come, you know. And is Pioli capable to rebuild the team tactics, to team to, to team style of play, to you know involve new players in this one? This is a doubtful question because we just saw. Well, now we're seeing that he is he is capable to replace one because we're talking about 
Chalanoglu. This is first. The goalkeeper is quite a bit different. You know, it's not a really field player. So far, we didn't. Uh, so far, we're still running the same player, the same same core of players, in, uh, in uh, on the attack and on the defense and in the midfield. Okay, but some of them will go on different way. I think Kasse will go on a free on a free. Uh, maybe Simelan will try to sell him, get some profit in a window and a transfer window in the winter, January. But the new players will come, and I don't think Pioli is that much capable. It's not like Gasparini, for example. Gasparini is perfect in this one. Sometimes he needs a time, yeah, but he is an expert in this one. And it's still doubtful what about Pioli. And the second thing, it comes to discussion the Piola's future for how long it's going to be with AC Milan, is what is the next level for Milan? And will the management want something more? Because I hope that we will constantly come to the Champions League. Yes, looks like Pioli is more or less capable to come to the top four every year. Okay, and then we comes to Champions League with what? With the only goal to just play six, six games? Or just we are the next goal will be come, to, come out from the group and go to the knockout stage? Okay, good. What about next one? You know, So every time the expectations should be higher and higher, season after season, season after season. Okay, somebody, somebody has to understand that for this reason you have to open your wallet really and to improve the squad to bring more quality players and uh, or sometimes just you know the coach is not enough to come in the next stage to bring the, to bring the team in the next stage on the next level and this is also the doubtful for pioli yeah yeah look um <clears throat> what do you think i mean mm-hmm. what do you think okay comes to the uh, right question to the next question to you is Pioli capable to bring team? Is Pioli capable capable for for instance, just with different circumstances, maybe with more quality players, to win the Champions League? Not uh, now, but in the future. Well, really, really, I, I don't know. It's hard to predict uh, that far. Uh, it's really hard, but I think that Pioli is capable to win Serie A, and that should be our first goal in in the next you know three to five years. That if, if Milan is gonna claim Scudetta, then the next logical step would be to claim what was ours here. But um, it's an interesting, interesting question that you raised. If Pioli is capable to replace Theo Hernandez, and what I did, I just checked uh, transfer market and uh, Theo Hernandez statistics of the last season. He was playing as in a lineup in most majority of the games more than 80% of the games. And those players where he didn't play were against um, Sassuolo and we lost 1-2. But then they were against Verona, Cagliari and Benevento. In all three games we won 2-0. But those games are against Benevento, Cagliari and Verona, right? So not really huge games against the leaders. And yeah, it would be really interesting to see Milan uh, without Tello and how, how... how is, would it be possible to transform the game? Because I agree with you that Pioli, uh, Teo is in a, cor- a cornerstone in Pioli's tactics. Um, I do believe, though, that Pioli is dynamic enough and smart enough 
to change the functionality of the game and try to use variability as he did in Lazio in 2015, as he did in Fiorentina. He is a you know a very flexible coach, which which he demonstrated in Milan as well. He wasn't complaining much about a need of exact players for exact positions. He wasn't that complaining as Conte could be, you know, and he was playing with the material he was given. And he proved it really nice that he can do good things if he's given at least a good roster of talented players. And hence, with all of this, I do think, first of all, that Pioli is the best uh, choice for Milan right now. But I'd like to think in a horizon of, let's say, maximum two, three years. No one knows what can happen, you know, in two, three years. There could be different changes. Elliot might not be here. Like, what could we discuss? But in two years... It's true, yeah. It's I, true. I'd say I do really like Pioli, and he deserves a two-year contract, but, but definitely not more. Um, and, you know, I, I take a moderate position. By two years, it's, it's more meant to be a year really realistically because you know a year of of his um let's say pioli's milan would be enough to see whether the vector is still there or it's going down and then usually you know if you give two years contract it's, it's possible then to negotiate the um the end of that contract a year before because uh, coaches they do not they are not like uh, Donnarumma and Chalhanaglu. Let's say Pioli is not gonna, uh, not gonna bargain for seven millions of euros, right? Hope so. Well, it, it, you know, it, it, in addition, it also depends to the <clears throat> to the Milan and the management what do they really want, you know? And because, uh, for example, <clears throat> we can level Pioli to the uh, good domestic coach such as well let me think uh, for example uh, Galtier I think uh, the guy in France who just recently won with Lille the French Championship uh, League One now he moved to Nice uh, he's building a pretty good team there uh, but he's domestic one you know he's a he's a guy to achieve some results in League One and I think sooner or later he will jump from one team to another, just building the structure of the good attacking football, which what he did with Lille. And I think Piol is the same type of coach. Um, but it really depends to see Milan, what do they really want? Because if they will continue to play, to play, uh, I mean not to play, to manage the same way they do now, I think they should you know, offer Pioli five years contract right away and. Uh, with some guarantees that he will not be sucked. In this case, they should continue bringing the solid makers for six million. You know, Messi is on loan. You know, Adli for eight million. The father, father of whatever the last name of this guy. Uh, I mean, just looking for the cheap French, Italian, uh, Belgian, Belgian players. You know, sometimes to bring the quality like Tomori, but Tomori also. I mean, it was not like he was not bought. He was not bought like a top performer. He was a Chelsea backup, a backup guy who played with good with Lampard. You know, and then uh, just sat on the bench. Um, 
and they did, he he moved there to AC Milan because he really wanted some good have him some practice, and we actually we we took this guy as a as a backup from the top teams. Same we did with Theo Hernandez, and the same with the same we did with uh, Diaz, and who the God knows who's gonna be next. I'm Probably still a bit looking for this one. Yeah, I'm still a bit afraid, uh, Andre, about the second half. Pioli's cure uh, curse in the second half when he suddenly loses you know, control over a situation and his teams are losing like, as I said, Lazio or Inter uh, that, that he managed or Milan in the last season. And I'm, I'm still a bit afraid if we could have another you know, down PK like that and we're going to go down um, if he's going to manage the team well in the crisis management, if when Ibra won't be here and when situation, psychological situation with him is going to be a bit different, never know those kind of things. But I have, you know, scared optimism uh, towards Pioli because I also like him as a person. You know? He has great values, as it seems, and actually, I'm happy that Milan is led by Maldini and Pioli, those guys. I just love it. All, all the financial well, uh, uh, Alan, mm-hmm. if, you, if you say about uh, you know, whatever you said now, every team has ups and downs. And every single team has ups and downs. To avoid this one, you need a really long depth in the, on your bench. You know, <clears throat> Same like, for example, uh, the last seasons we played against Juventus, and even even not last season, even even this year, they had the guys like Kulusevski on the bench and uh, Quadrado, and uh, sometimes you know coming with Chiesa, Chiesa Dybala. Uh, they had McKinney on the really bench. High class. Yeah, and we had whom we had last season. Uh, and we had Colombo, Castellejo, Colombo, Castellejo, Maldini, yeah, <laughs> and those guys here surely they uh, they're not even close to be even to be a substitute. Uh, to me, to, to you know, to smooth those ups and downs when your first eleven, when your first squad is facing the the loss of the shape of the game and the physical. Uh, surely you have to have a bench, you know. And every and every teams when it comes to planning, so they may start good in the beginning of the season when it comes to ups, you know, and then have facing the difficulties and the lack of performance and the lack of preparations. Uh, in the middle of the season, comes to the January and February, and then gets up and in their shape and plays good. And uh, when it's the most decisive part of the season, the the, the final thirds, the final how many have final ten fifteen games, when everything is get to be decided. I uh, I remind you the Ancelotti era when when I see Milan and it was a good uh, <laughs> yeah uh, I know what you're gonna say yeah yeah uh, surely I saw. Uh, there were not so many good articles on the internet, but one of those I found. They were talking about AC Milan and Milan Lab and Ancelotti, and there was a good explanation. They they showed there was a video. They showed uh, 
the million lab himself and the preparation of our place and we uh, the, uh, and it was an interview by Ancelotti and it was interviewed by Levin I don't remember Levin Mishmalk something like that uh the doctor of uh, the chief doctor of a similar lab the chief physician of a similar lab and they were explaining what the new technologies they brought the new preparations and they uh, and when a journalist asks, okay, just can you make an as an example, what does it mean the the Milan lab when you are combining the the physicals, the gym, the uh, chemicals, you know, whatever they do, you know, this uh, the uh, training training shape, whatever you do out there, so you combining this uh, science and the sport in one, and this is how it's called Milan lab. That's why it's called lab laboratory. So he, for example, explained, like Ancelotti, for example, the, the coach came to me and said, okay, I want Marek Jankolovski to be in a perfect shape from January to April. And we have all the data for Marek Jankolovski, and we know what to do with him, with his body, with his unique type of body that every single player, every single man has in this, in this world, to bring him on the top form from January to April. And when the next question comes, so does it mean the balance? Why, why do we see the, uh, the, the almost unchangeable first 11 in October, November, December? And, uh, and the guy said, uh, look, we have a strategy. We somehow get out from the group state. I, I, oh, sorry, it, it then came to Ancelotti. Okay, so if in, in this way, how do you perform in, Jan in October, in November, December, September? He said... Well, once we get in the Champions League, our strategy just to go to knockout stage, uh, which uh, resumes in February. And in, in this time, all our players from February until the end of the season must be in excellent shape. And just, just remember, <clears throat> recall those days, you know, recall those years. What did we do after February? We fucking destroyed everybody. Yeah, we were flying with each other. Yeah, but whoever we met in the knockout stage, we just simply destroyed them. Doesn't matter who they are. The Manchester United, Barcelona, we played much better, even physically, mostly physically. Yeah, and even this came from Milava. Yeah, this is the the way. Like why the teams has ups in physical shape and why they have downs. All right, let's come to the next week. We just were talking too much about this one, I think. <laughs> yeah, so we, so we, we both agree. We both agree that Pioli uh, has, has to be with us for another at least two years. You, you even said about five years, which is great. And uh, let's just uh, probably finish that with our traditional uh, tops and flops of the season. No, 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 no. Give me, give us the more than 10, 15 minutes. We have, yeah, okay. I think we have two, two more topics to discuss in Edinburgh. <laughs> what do you think about the present situation with Romagnoli? I will, I will say, I will uh, describe the rumors were say the rumors are saying, the news are saying that Romagnoli initiated by himself the extension of his contract with AC Milan because he understands that it's better to stay with the C Milan, with familiar team, and being a captain of the C Milan, try to get back his 
uh, first squad spot, which is unlikely to happen. But okay, he will try then to go somewhere else and start everything from the beginning. And the rumors were saying that he is really willing to extend his contract, but there is one guy in the world which AC Milan doesn't want to deal with. And this is his agent, which came... Actually, I'm going to ask you, uh, did you watch uh, Italy international game against Belgium? Uh, against Spain, against Spain. Oh, sorry. No, no, I haven't watched that, but of course I know about all the things. Uh, you know, this one. Aroma. Yeah. Let me ask a quick question. Do you do you support those ones which are whistling a booing down a rumor? Yeah, I would say they so Milan fans they had rights to do so. I would say they had rights to do so. Uh, just because it was unlucky for Donnarumma and for Italy national team that the first his first game was uh when he returned as a goalkeeper of the national squad. It's, it wasn't the perfect scenario because uh, I, I, do, I do like Italian national team and I do think that should be kept separate. And I do understand Roberto Mancini's replic about that's the national team and so we have to be beyond all of those club um, you know, fights. But at the same time, what Gigi Donnarumma did and did in companion with Mino Raiola was simply something not acceptable in terms of the morality. And uh, that was kind of good, proper action um, to what he's done. That was just a proper response. And I do think that Milan fans had the right to do so, they whistled. And that just was, you know, th- they can't... Uh, do anything else and that's literally just a small act of disagreeing with his decision and that's a small act of saying that hey Yuja, you you played for Milan for years and Milan was giving you a lineup spot and had a lot of trust in you and made all this PR about you and around you but at the same time what Bojica did was just left the club with zero euros and it was just really nothing and I think I think that that was a reasonable and I actually like that it happened this way what about you ah uh, yeah same uh, same I totally agree you know uh, whatever you do in the age of 20 even 21 you have to understand that it's gonna be a takeaway from it if you well okay let's uh, let's finish this one i didn't want to discuss about ggi anymore because it's done you know whatever the fans do i really support but uh, let me ask you another one um do you believe that the roman yoli has okay his willingness to stay with ac milan is so good and so strong that maybe he and Maybe he has some balls actually to change his agent. If AC Milan comes to him and says, "Okay, we will give you pretty much good deal, uh, suitable for you and suitable for us," but there is only one thing you have to do: you have to change your agent. Mm-hmm. Is Romagnoli capable to do that? Uh, I don't. I don't really know. It's it's hard to to grasp Romagnoli's personality. Uh, 
it's not as straightforward as Kars or Ibrahimovic. But um, I'd say that there might not even be a dilemma of such because uh, we have an example of Ignacio Abate, right? And Abate was uh, Rayola's client and he was constantly pr- playing for AC Milan and there was no problem with that. So Alessio Romagnoni could be just in this cohort of players who are just playing constantly for one club with no problems, even though if Nino Raiola is representing them. Because despite my hatred toward Rayo- towards Raiola, uh, I do think that it's half-half. Uh, the fault should is on him as well as on the players he represents. So it really depends on the player. If the player just wants to calmly stay in the club, they want to play, he's just going to stay. And Mino Raiola is not going to prevent that from happening. He is just doing all of the things he does for players who wish to be led by Raiola and his dirty tactics. You know? Well, you mentioned Abad, but I don't think uh, that uh, Raiola has something to do with this guy because, uh, well, he, well, I just opened, I just opened the the clients for Mina Raiola, and I see there's a lots of players. Surely, but some of them you really uh, can do the money on them. You know, this is how you count on your your main income, and some of them surely it's a pocket money which you give because, well, there's a Giacomo Bonaventura is uh, agent. Well, his agent is uh, Riola. Uh, well, opposite his his client, yeah, Rodrigo Eli. <laughs> for example, Roberto Insigne, surely Mario Balotelli, surely Federico Maqueda is still the guy with, you know, with, with Raiola playing for Panathinaikos. Well, I don't think that Raiola has something to do. He let he let them decide whatever they want to. Just you know, whatever the agent feed comes, okay, okay, this is my pocket money. I'll, I just I just pay for the uh, for parking from those money. You know. Yeah. I don't mean I, I I don't mind you know there's a lots of um, uh, majority came from coming from uh, Netherlands which is basically Rayola is actually actually Dutch by his passport but those those players like Erling Haaland, Matthias De Ligt, surely Donnarumma, Pogba, Verratti, Stefan de Vrij, and Lozano and Moise Kane and coming to and Romagnoli in the top list and Manolas. Uh those plays, yeah, surely he tries to do maximum from his from their transfer because yeah, they are they're more they're more valuable, honestly. Yeah, there um, benefits from hot potatoes. Uh, yeah, surely. Yeah, yeah, it's a hot potato, it's good good explanation of this. So let's come to the end of the podcast and we have tops and flops. So today you comes comes with the flops. And I come with the tops. Yalla, let's go. Yeah, let So do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, it's actually a pretty hard thing to, to find all the flops from such a such a good start of the season. But I'd say the first one that comes no doubt is situation with Cassia. It's an absolute worst situation, both financially and psychologically. Um, don't know what what happened in the second half of last season, but after that, Chalhanaglu, Kessie and Donnarumma, they changed their behavior and decided to kind of like think about options not to be just with AC Milan 
Uh, maybe those situations are completely, you know, independent. But I'd say that Chalhana Glue and KCA they were quite together, quite close together, and that situation with one could and probably did affect the situation with another. And now um, we can see that Cassier is not that player as he was in the last season. He's just... No, 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 no. He had a top match against Atalanta. I disagree. Really, he was a top. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I wouldn't say he was a top player against Atalanta. He just played decently. Yeah, he was. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it was was one of his top plates you know surely he didn't come on the score sheet there was no penalty otherwise he would see him but Kessie had a really good game okay keep on and besides Kessie uh, there is of course formally um, another flop another negative result that happened is two defeats in the Champions League we cannot ignore that because we are a Similan and even though we didn't have any expectations whatsoever especially against FC Liverpool and Atletico de Madrid. But um, those games, right now, kind of regret that we didn't get at least three points, but ideally we could have all four points. And, of course, there, there are reasons for that. You know, lack of experience in the team, which we are constantly getting right now. Another reason is Chakir. And, by the way, he got officially suspended from refereeing in Champions League, at least temporarily, and coming back nope. from our... No. Nope. What do you mean? No, he was not. Uh, the suspension guy, the VAR referee, he, he not, he continues. He was actually, he was really? refereeing the, oh. yeah, the international game, because if he comes banned with UEFA, it means banned for all the competitions, the clubs and the international teams. And he was, yeah, he, was, he, he continues. The the war referee was banned because it looks like and you know, the the blame on him. He didn't suggest that Shakir came and review by himself. Right. But you know it comes to the penalty. of bloody you know what? What about the whole game? What about the <laughs> Yeah, about, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let, let, let's just keep that here. Whatever. But that's one of the like negative results. Um, it's original, original and classical UEFA with their strange decision, one way, one way judging. Exactly. The situations. Yeah. We just, we just should right. have scored like four goals properly against Atletico, <laughs> as we did against Atalanta, <laughs> right? And uh, I'd say like the last, last problem is epidemic of injuries and the lack of proper striker. But that's something that you already touched on in the last pod. And uh, I know that Ante Rebic was a pleasant surprise. But that can't last forever, and just now we could start feeling it, I'm afraid, when Ibra and Giroud aren't in their best shape yet, and Rebic stops scoring as a machine. We, we now have Belotti on the radar, but we still have those three or four months before the window uh, transfer market opens up, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm scared of, of this period, actually. So what about what about tops? Let's finish on a positive note because that's how Milan finished the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. If we come into the start of the season, uh, the the first ten games, uh, the uh, the real top is surely Tonali. Well, he's gross. He's a brilliant performance, and he came 
he comes in a score sheet, you know, and, and <laughs> it is not a penalty. Yeah, uh, yeah good. It's fantastic. The second one is a uh, uh, the Milan's the Milan's play. We are well as ex- as we expected. The lack the the, the lack of Donnarumma and probably lack of Chalinogwe in the team. Their absence may bring the the negative results, but we see the not. And one of the tops is surely Mignan. Is a good replacement. Is a really good. You know, is a the guy gets confident. And on the first matches for, for first place for him at the Milan, I saw he's been a little bit nervous. Well, it it looks for me. It looked for me that he is a bit nervous. Surely, AC Milan and a main goalkeeper, even in a team like AC Milan, when you are just came back to Champions League, when you are considered not top club anymore, just for now. We all believe it's just a temporary, uh, but okay. This is a this is a step up for anybody coming from the Lille and any mediocre blah 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 French or Italian club. Doesn't matter that Lille won the Champions; it's still a mediocre team. Uh, but anyhow, anyhow, uh, well, it looked for me that uh, he's a bit nervous, but now I can say it's just just his style of play. You know, if Donnarumma. Was a probably the type of character. Uh, he's a let's say flag, phlegmatic, yeah, phlegmatic, more phlegmatic. This one, he's kind, you know. He just he likes to be patient, you know. When he's he shows by his gesture, you know, but his by his face, by his mimics, the concentration. And ready, ready, just to jump, you know, just to accelerate for the ball, you know, being on the line. For Menyan, it's totally different. <clears throat> totally different. This guy's to be. Well, he guys likes to be, you know, just moving from one corner to another. He's being proactive, even when it comes to just being on the line in his area. And it's good. It really reminds me of Dida, you know, <laughs> some days. You know. Despite actually, Dida was better. Looked more than Donnarumma. He he was my he was more quiet. Uh, okay, but Manian uh, is a really top. You know, whatever he whatever the guy does now, he really made some brilliant saves against Atalanta. I don't know. He has a very good reaction. I think it's uh, really to compare with Donnarumma's reaction. You know, just uh, look at that, what he did with. Uh, so when Zapata's, uh, uh, well, it was a corner kick, I believe. It was a corner by Atalanta, and it was a head shot by uh, Zapata, and really made a brilliant save over there. And another um, thing, when Pasolic scored that goal, uh, Minian straight away, he, he took a ball and held it for some time, and Zapata couldn't do anything. He, 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 could, he looked in his eye, and he got calmed straight away. Mm-hmm. And that's another good quality. And Minyan got a yellow card. Actually, he got a yellow <laughs> oh, card. Oh, yeah. All right. No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but and was he fast. was actually close. He was close to save to save the net from the penalty by Sapata. It just was centimeters away. Yeah. Centimeters. And, oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah, I think it was. No. Maybe no, some, something I misunderstood. Maybe it was another game. Anyhow, <clears throat> he's at uh, the top. I really enjoy and enjoy his game, enjoy how he plays, you know, mm-hmm. and Tonali itself, and 
one more thing is uh, I want to I want to bring to the top of the start of the season is uh, actually Pioli. He really adapted to Diaz to Milan and Milan to Diaz, mm-hmm. the vice versa. He really well. I was afraid. I was afraid in the beginning of the season. Just at the beginning, after the closure of transfer market, when we understood that uh, Diaz is our main central attacking midfield, he comes to the play in a champion, uh, sorry, Chalanoglu's position and role. And I thought, okay, we saw Diaz last season. Okay, he was a substitute guy, comes in a substitute, and he he was more likely the second striker than a midfielder, which means... He should not, the second striker should not perform much in defensive aspects of the game and pressing the ball and, and being hardened on the opponents. And whatever Chalanoglu did, Hakan sometimes came as a defensive midfielder helping uh, Benesse and Cassie, you know, to, to mark the opponents, which unlikely I expected from Diaz. But, you know, the first 10 games showed me that really Diaz is really capable to do that. And against Atalanta, he really played good, not in the creative side of his game, but also in helping in defense. Mm-hmm. And he was dealing with, he was dealing with, uh, actually, I, I, I apologize. I, was, I talked about Malinovsky and his marking. Diaz, Diaz himself, being almost two times less in the in a in a body in a body configuration, let's say like this, as Malinowski, he really marked this guy and provided some good tackles against him. You know, which is good, which is good. And now, now I'm now I'm confident. Now I'm confident because Diaz actually, I like what he does. You know, for a similar, I like how he plays, and he he actually he's the guy who the, who brought the fresh blood fresh blood to the team, some fresh breath, you know, some fresh air, because he's not like Chalanoglu. He has a dribbling, he has a speed. Uh, those those skills we, we were lacking from Chalanoglu. He's not so good in a long ball shot, you know, in a long ball, so in, uh, just switching the ball from one flank to another, just making a accurate 30, 40 meter passes, same as Chal- Chalanoglu was really capable to do this. But maybe this is not what actually we need. We need to play more tightly, you know, just uh, Diaz can uh, create the chances from the set piece when he sees that he can get, uh, he makes an opponent make a foul against him and gives a good spot for the free kick. It's good maybe for Tonali, Ibrahimovic, when he can, and Tio Hernandez also. He, he uses this chance, you know, which is good. Um, it, it is really top in the beginning of the season. Okay, so far that's it for me. Do you have Alan something to remain to discuss? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was actually a really, really great start and good tops. Thanks, thanks, Andre. And it was really a pleasure welcome. to comment uh, Milan's game. Let's see when we're gonna have down moments. But right now, let's just go off and enjoy this beautiful moment of Milan going back on fire. Yeah. We are on fire, gentlemen, and we kept burning. And we're okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, see you then. No, the no, no. Part. We are oh. we are not burning. We are burning out our opponents. <laughs> and this is because also we're on well. fire in, in the hell of San Siro. <laughs>
so what becomes with the next episode uh we, we don't know when it's going to happen oh but as soon as possible later some something new will come maybe we will wait for verona game that we have some games to discuss but uh do you have any plans for the next well you mentioned cassie okay yeah it would be good to discuss cassie and all the details and also talk a bit about Liaor and Selimakers and their um, appearances in the national teams. It's mm-hmm. worthwhile mention and also Teo Hernandez and his comeback to, to France. Yeah, good. And you know what I want to discuss, you know, just being a scout trader, maybe to implement a new topic for us in a in our podcast just make some something different something unusual um and as you mentioned before to be a little bit moncada milan is showing a good and strong interest to the striker of pisa lorenzo luca and is willing to sign him next summer the guy plays in Serie b and he's a top goal scorer of Serie b right now and then you say that moncada or Moncada, Moncada, I think is the right way to pronounce the last name of our chief scout, is personally scouted this guy, and he is very pleased with his performance. And, uh, well, what I'm going to do myself to be a little bit on Moncada on next episode, I will try to scout this guy to watch some <laughs> gates of Pisa. Yeah, That's what I said, yeah. for sure. All right. And as far as I understand the game, the Milan's game, uh, and because he's a striker, I will try to make a comparison with Milan's style of play and Mr. Lorenzo Luque as a potential striker. Okay, I don't believe he's going to be a main main uh, main striker. Maybe the second one may surely be, will be backup. But I will make a judgment. Is this guy capable to match AC Milan system? That sounds, yep. that sounds promising, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. And have a good, good time, guys. Fratellos and ragazzis. Yeah. Forza Milan and ciao. Ciao. Ciao, Andrei. <laughs>